Hello and welcome into American Hammers Radio. This is episode number 10. I am your host, Tex, by way of Fresno, California and the Fresno Irons, and joined as always by the one, the only, the curly-headed maestro, the man who will tickle your fancy and also make you laugh those sweet little nothings late at night. Ladies, give it up for Zach from Maryland. Uh, Glad that all of you guys are joining us yet again. Um, We're coming to you kind of sad today because it's obviously following only the second loss of the season for West Ham United at home, nonetheless, to Crystal Palace, um, or as I like to call them, the Fighting Zahas. They... They ended up taking it from West Ham 2-1 after West Ham went up early. Sebastian Allaire, who yours truly told you would get back on the score sheet, he did with a nice goal to put West Ham up. Then there was a penalty given, who I know that you think it was a little bit of a dodgy one, uh, given on Declan Rice for his arm in an unnatural position. Obviously, they go in and bury that goal against Roberto. And then, as luck would have it, late in the game... VAR, who, Zach, you said was only going to help out West Ham fans and West Ham United. That's what you said, Zach, so I'm going to hold you to it. But ends up going against us this time. Andre Ayu buries the goal. Jordan, 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 not Andre. Andre's in Turkey. He's playing for Galatasaray. My apologies. Um, Andre, shit, Jordan slash Andre. I think they're the same person, let's be honest. Um, buries the goal puts them up West Ham try late uh, don't have much luck at it and next thing you know West Ham go down for only the second time this year with losses to Man City which is understandable and Crystal Palace which I think most fans find infuriating what were your thoughts on the game Zach first off I want to make a correction he was with Fenerbahce last year now he's back at Swansea for whatever reason, God knows why. That's a terrible, terrible move. Anyways, there's better clubs everywhere in Europe. Anyway, we started out good. We had chances, and we just couldn't convert. The Allaire goal, that was beautiful. Allaire showing off his height differential in that pass by Fredericks, who was just a little bit too far in front of him, but he was able to get down on his butt and slide out and hit it home. That's why I love Allaire. The Allaire signing has been great. He is a healthy Andy Carroll. And if we can keep him healthy, we're going to have fun. And so far, he's been having fun. Why is he not called up yet? We don't know. But he's a step in the right direction. But the penalty given to Rice was, I thought, was very – they were nitpicking on that. It's like you're going 30 – it's like you're going 40 in a 35 zone. Someone's sitting in your blind spot waiting for you to go over just by that much to pull you over and give you a ticket. And you're like, what the hell? I thought it was a bad call. I would like would have liked that to have been reviewed a little bit more. Um, and even in the papers, they were saying that this is that it was a, one of those calls that could go either way. And we saw it, we saw that it didn't go our way and it didn't help us. Now the Jordan Ayubo was just terrible to me because even if he wasn't, he looked offside by like that much. And VAR didn't do a good job based on the camera angle to show that he was completely offside, like onside or offside, which is why last week I talked about getting, getting using the technology that they use for car crashes to reinvent those 
to like to change the photo of it, to change the angle of the photo, and to draw two bisecting lines out until they bisect to determine whether or not somebody's offside. The technology is there, people. We just need to learn, know how to use it. And the fact that it took how long did it take? Five minutes before they finally said that it's a goal. That took way too long, in my opinion. And they're not showing in arena what's going on. They're not showing that this is not what's going on, what's being decided. And I just saw today that they're talking about, the Premier League is talking about how to make this so that all the fans know what they're looking at. And it's a difficult and for stadiums like Anfield and um, Old Trafford, where they don't have those big screens like we do at West Ham or everybody else in the Premier League. Even Bournemouth, freaking Bournemouth, the 12,000-seat miniature stadium has one. If Bournemouth had one, why don't you have one, Old Trafford? Seriously. I'm going to tell you this on that VAR goal. Um, truth of the matter is this. Any, and this is something we learned as American fans watching the NFL Institute instant replay. Anytime you put something in slow motion, um, I feel like you lose you lose a little bit of the reality. I feel like slow motion kind of creates this what you know fantasy world that you know the referees begin to live in, and then you nitpick, and now you're really you are literally without question splitting hairs. That that goal that was given to Jordan Ayew. Um, or given the penalty that Jordan I ultimately buried, uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't think it was a penalty, but just in the same sense that we do in the NFL, I, I think you you know the call on the field was offsides, and if it's that tight when you watch the replay, I think the call on the field should be upheld. That's what I've always felt. Um, I don't understand because you sit there and you look at it. I agree with you. The camera angle was a little odd. It, it looked to me as if he was offsides um, by maybe half an inch because I feel like if you straighten the camera out, you may have seen that, drawn those stupid lines on the thing with that computer. Like, it just I, – I sat down amongst all the Fresno Irons and everybody was looking at me because I'm definitely the most reactionary person in our group. And I just looked at them and said, they're going to give the goal. And then sure enough, the goal was given. My head drops. I ordered three more beers ended up drinking those within three minutes um, so that I could numb the pain of the fact that West Ham were going to lose on some, pardon my French, bullshit that I knew was not a goal. Now, I have to disagree with you. I'm going to back you up here, and I'm going to disagree and say I do think it was a penalty. And the reason I believe it was a penalty is because his arm was in an unnatural position. And I've seen that so many times not get called. I hate the fact that it gets called against us. But if Declan Rice doesn't raise that arm and he just has his arm tight to his body and the ball hits it, they don't call the penalty. But the fact that he raised his arm, uh, it's in an unnatural position. And I, I know what maybe the papers say, but the way that I looked at it, I think that's a stonewall penalty. I would want that given to us if it was um, against us because he did raise his arm. But the VAR one, to me, that that's just another indictment of the fact that VAR is still finding its footing and its foundation in the Premier League game, and it's frustrating. I just hate the fact that it happened to West Ham, and we're the ones that have to suffer through it because it's just like in the NFL when they finally clearly defined what a catch was. In a couple, how long did that take? Yeah, long did that take? Too long. Yeah, but when they finally define 
what offsides is and how to institute that technology correctly, we're going to look back and say they're going to use this, that goal. They're going to use it as an example, say that goal should have not been, I mean, that penalty should have not been given. Uh, you know, they'll say it then, but right now we have to suffer through it. And it sucks, especially if we miss out on the top four by a point, we're going to look back to that game. And that game will be the game that could decide uh, West Ham's future in Europe or not. And that's what's frustrating. Well, I think I can't, I've come up with a solution. So in the 2007 NHL All-Star game, there was something that was installed on the boards called a zip line. And it's a camera on, on literally on the boards that goes back and forth. Um, and it went with the floor of play, and it was a great camera angle. It was really only used in the 2007 All-Star game as a one-off thing, as well as the NHL video games. It never really caught on because it was expensive to put in and it blocked fans' views, so it never really caught on. But if we were to put that on the advertising boards, like on the side that has all of them, and just run a camera straight across, back and forth, that follows with with the play, that would give us a clear look at it. Or we would put our GoPro camera on the referee's chest, no different than what the NFL refs are now getting, no different than the pylon cams now in the NFL. It would give us a more clearer view as to what is being seen by the linesman, what is being called offsides versus not. And if we have that camera board, the board on the, the camera on the board, we may be able to we may be able to say, up oh, that's offsides, that's definitely offsides, or up oh, that's definitely not offsides. And so it would just speed this up dramatically because right now we're waiting five plus minutes to get results that shouldn't take five plus minutes. It should be almost instantaneous. The only other way to know that that to know that like to do this would be to clip everybody with a tracking device, no different than tennis, and use um, eagle eye, and start using the eagle eye technology to determine to determine all sides, and that would be great for the game. That would speed things up, but at the same time, it would be very expensive. And I don't know if all state, I don't know if Bournemouth Stadium could could do it. Well, that, that's the thing with the, the Premier League. That's where I'd see your issues coming in is you're, you're talking about instituting all this technology and then with the constant shift of who's in the Premier League and who's not with three going in and three going and coming out every single year, I, I, I think it's tough. I think there has to be a simpler solution. Um, I like the zip line idea. I think that's something easy to institute. I mean, small-time colleges like Rutgers have uh, a zip line camera that, that flies over the top. You know, so I don't feel like that's too much to ask to put a camera on a zip line that can track the play and go up and down the wire. Um, but whatever happens, um, it's it's very clear to me. I think it starts with the Premier League office and defining what offsides is, wasn't it, what it isn't, defining you know, what your arm in an unnatural position is and what's not. You know, because I think you and I agree that Declan Rice was just doing what every player's always done. You know, like he's trying to lunge forward and get at the ball. And so you push your arm out to get leverage to go forward. Just unfortunately for him, the ball hits his arm. So to me, that's, you know, it's in an unnatural position. But should that be given a slight um, a slight understanding to what he's doing? Because I, I don't believe that Declan Rice tried to intend his arm to stop the ball. You know, um, but by definition, what they have now, Zach, Yes, he made his body bigger by extending his arm in an unnatural position, and therefore it's a penalty. So I agree with the call. I don't like the fact that that is something that we get a call on. 
I think that uh, we need to redefine the rules. That's where I think VAR is going to be making its biggest progress in the offseason is when they redefine what these things are to have clear standards so that when we interpret this video, we can put the rules next to it and say, well, that is a penalty. That's not a penalty. That is offsides. That's not offsides. That is a goal. That isn't a goal. You know, we've had this problem so many times. So before the any new technology comes in, which to me, I disagree on this one front. I think technology is ultimately only going to complicate things. I think our rules and our standards need to be defined clearly um, so that the interpretation of those rules, there's no questioning. Well, definitely. The rules definitely need to change. We're going to see that in the offseason when, when all the teams sit down and go, Okay, we have some problems. Let's figure this out. But it's going to take a while for them to get to that point. And so now we're just all we can do really is just yell about it and go, "This isn't right. We need to do something now." And when they do something, we'll celebrate and go, "Hallelujah!" They actually listened to us. Before then, we have to be like, we have to continuously be on this. So, all listeners, I'm sorry, but you're going to hear this time and time again. It's going to. It may sound like a broken record to you by January. I'm sorry, but. The rules need to change, and I'm pretty sure that they're not going to change rules mid-year. It's not the NBA's new basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, looking at it, yes, we, we took the loss 2-1. Uh, a penalty decision that I, I agree with the penalty call. I don't like it, but I agree with it. The, obviously, the VAR uh, goal from Jordan Ayew. So I have to ask you this question, Zach. Uh, it's only our second loss of the season, did you see things in that game that make you concerned about West Ham United for the future? Or to you, is it it's just, you know, hey, they got us. We're going to win some. We're going to lose some. It's no indictment on the team. I'm just curious where you stand. As of right now, no. I, the biggest question about going to this game was Roberto. And even though Roberto has played Champions League football, he's won leagues with Olympiacos. It's just one of those things because we have a new goalie, a new goal, brand new to the English game. Don't not really like in sync with everything, and so my biggest concern was how was Roberto going to handle his first appearance? And I thought he did fine. The penalty you can't really stop a penalty. Penalties are complete crapshoots, which is why we should get rid of them and go to the old school NASL penalties. It's a thirty-five yard line, people. Look it up. Go on YouTube. Look up NASL penalty shootouts. They're great. But but we need to. And then you had the whole VAR bullshit. So that was just a complete whole clusterfuck, for lack of a better term. But Roberto played well, and that was a, my biggest question about going into this game, is how is he going to play? And so I, everyone, everyone who thinks the world is falling off, the world is caving in, to quote Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X, relax. It's only one stinking game. And now if this was three games in a row, then it would be time to panic. We're two games in a row, I'd be a little bit more worried. But it's one game. We got the international break coming up this week. We got some time off. Everyone, I, but I, everyone, I, except for uh, Yarmolenko, I think, is not going on to play internationally. So we got time. We have time to relax, regroup, and refocus ourselves as a team. And Antonio gets some time to heal. Fabianski gets some time to heal. Who just who just went into surgery? So. Best best of luck in his recovery to him. I hope to see him in two months, hopefully by Boxing Day. I I have to agree. I'm not I'm not overly concerned. I didn't think that we capitulated on the field. I think 
honestly, it, it was a it was unlucky spot for Declan Rice. They gave him the penalty. I don't disagree with it. Um, I didn't think we played that well going forward. So I kind of, as the game was progressing, I thought a draw might end up happening because we weren't too clinical in the in the final third. Um, but the second goal was unlucky, and then. I'm, I'm a firm believer. There's some speculation. I think Roberto saw the flag go up and that's why he didn't really try to save the ball. And that that's what my frustration is, is you call it offsides on the field. You know, part of me thinks if you call it offsides on the field, then it should stand no matter what, because if the players see the flag go up, doesn't that mean like, aren't you as a player going to pull up? You're like, well, they called it offsides. And I think that's a mentality shift that has to happen. We have to start playing until the play is over because you can't really play to the whistle in soccer anymore, or excuse me, uh, football, if you're not going to be able to know if it's offsides or not. You just have to keep playing until somebody picks up the ball and doesn't allow you to play with it anymore is what it looks like. Those are concerning things on that VAR situation. And so I'm not concerned because I felt like that was just one of the days that the ball didn't bounce our way. We just weren't going to get the bounces that we needed. We had to work really hard for the one goal we got. It didn't seem to come easy for West Ham United all day. But even though it took some really special things to happen for Crystal Palace to beat us. So I still side on the air um, that I'm not concerned about what we are. I think we're going to come out and play very well against Everton. And I firmly believe we're going to go beat Everton. Um, I know we're not going to preview that game today, but that's just kind of where I, I sit. Now, I asked you that question, Zach, because obviously, like any good West Ham fan, after a win or a loss, you get on the Twitterverse and you see what the hell's going on. And I was concerned about, and I know that fan is short for fanatic. I understand yep. that, Zach. It's short for fanatic. Um, but I am... The fan reaction on Twitter and other social media platforms that I saw, I was incredibly concerned about because all it took was a 2-1 loss to Crystal Palace for you to say, Pellegrini's lost it. We need to get rid of this guy. Um, you know, I'm not having sex for a year. Uh, you know, shit like those comments are coming out. Like, I don't understand how one loss, there's no pattern of behavior through West Ham United. And if you're going to argue for a pattern of behavior, it's a winning pattern this year. We have played so, so good all year up until that game. And I'm going to say this, Zach, and I want your thoughts on fan reactions. I'm a firm believer that West Ham United fans, the majority of them are checkers players. They think one move ahead and it's frustrating. I would like to see us be more of a chess player and understand that this Crystal Palace loss is not the end of the world. And we look at what we've done prior and what's on the horizon. And I think we're going to end up in a pretty good spot. What are your thoughts on the fan reaction after the loss to Crystal Palace? Well, it's like when we're winning, we're all happy. But when we lose, it's the end of the world. And I've seen this time and time again. And we're just, we need to, we need to R-E-L-A-X, relax, have a beer. Put your feet up, relax. It's always sunnier on the other side. We're gonna, we will get through this. It's one freaking loss. It's not like we lost to, like, it's not like we lost to Norwich or we lost to a really bad team that we should have beat. But it's a, it's still a loss. We should be upset about it, yes. But we could do, but 
we need to realize it's just one loss. It's not two losses in a row. It's not three losses in a row. God forbid, it's not four losses in a row. At the beginning of the year last year, everyone was screaming for Pellegrini to be fired. And I said, guys, give him time. He's getting readjusted back to the English game. He has an entirely new set of players that he's never dealt with before. Give him time. And what happened? We did well. Last year, we did well. We didn't do fantastic, but we did well enough to stay in the league and be happy with it and build on that, which is what we're doing this year. It's, so it's just one game. It's one game. We got a week off, and then we're going to face Everton. We can, we can all manage to survive to next week. It's not like we're Miami Dolphins fans, and every week we're like, fire the team. Oh, such a low blow, Zach. Such a low blow. Yeah. Dolphin fans are already in the shitter, Zach. Well, hang on. They're playing the Redskins this week who just fired their head coach. By the way, he, they fired him at 5 in the morning. They made him come all the way to Ashburn, Virginia. I have no idea where his house is. At 5 in the morning to just to learn that he's fired. Well, I actually, he lost it. I, I can actually empathize with him. I'm out here in Fresno. We have to get up at 4.30 a.m. like we will for the Everton game on the 19th. Because, oh, I love the Premier League when they do the 12.30 starts. <laughs> uh, so that brings us to our yellow and red cards of the match. Um, so I'm going to let you start off. Who is your yellow card for, Zach? The West Ham fans. We need to chill out, guys. Chill the fuck out. Take, I don't know what you do to chill. Do you play um, – who's his face? The black Jewish guy who was part of the Rat, rat Pack. Sammy Davis Jr., that's it. Do you, do you play Sammy Davis Jr. music and smoke some weed? If that's what you do to relax, that's what you do to relax. Some of you may drink a beer. Some of you may – Go on a long drive to the middle of nothing and yell and scream into the void. Some of you may f actually live by a destruction room. If you do, great. Take your anger out there. But we need to relax. We need to realize it's one game. It's not the end of the world. It's definitely not the It's not the end of the season. If it was the end of the season and we lost and we were relegated, I'd be screaming differently. But we need to relax and calm down. My yellow card is going to go to VAR. And I'm going to give the yellow card to VAR because I'm a firm believer that you're, you have the best of intentions, VAR. You want to get it right. I love that. It's awesome. It's beautiful. But I don't think you have any idea how to do it right yet. And I really want to see the Premier League officials in the, in the, in the office of the Premier League make a concerted effort to come out every week and say, these are the adjustments we're making. Um, here is, admit you made mistakes, own it. That's fine. I'm not saying you made any mistakes in the West Ham United game. But when you make an egregious mistake with VAR or you miss a call, come out and admit it. Say, we jacked up. And let the fans know that you're trying to be better. That's where my yellow card lies, is with the VAR officiating staff or whatever they call them. I call them the windy fucking ducks because they don't know what the hell they're doing and they're still just quacking back and forth. Well, it's not a goal. It is a goal. It is not a goal. And just that's what it feels like right now. Um, that brings us to our red card. Zach, who is your red card for? VFA. First off, I actually this week I learned that Prince William is, in is technically in charge of the FA. And I did not know that. But that's a whole nother, that's a side note. But the, the FA, because they instituted VAR without proper understanding of the laws of the game and how VAR affects it. They could have done a whole year study in the Bundesliga, Leon, La Liga, any league that had VAR to realize that 
the rules of the game probably need to be changed. And the fact that they didn't is just very poor. It's short-sighted on their part. I feel like dealing with the FA is dealing with, with D.C. city government. If you want to get anything done, you're going to commission a study, and it's going to take two years. And when the study is done, you're not going to real, they're not going to realize who the study is for, and they're going to trash the study. And then if you're going to want to do it again, it's going to cost you more money, and it'll take another two years. So nothing gets done in D.C. <laughs> that that's so true. I feel like it's the same here in Fresno. The exact same. May I don't think that's a DC exclusive thing. Well, there um, was a, <laughs> there's a whole article in the Post in the '70s about how things get done. It was written by a guy from Nebraska who's worked for the Post for four years, and I was reading it. And I'm like, this is hilarious because it was it's true. Still in DC, it's true. Montgomery County is the same way. PG's changed completely, so it's completely irrelevant. But still, it was funny. Well. You're going to laugh at this because this is pretty funny. Would you like to know who my red card goes to? The fans. It goes to me. <laughs> I am taking, I'm giving myself my own red card because you thought I was joking, Zach, but after we lost 2-1, I drank my face off. I was hung over at 5 in the afternoon on a Saturday, Zach. Do you know what that's like? Being home over at five in the afternoon on a Saturday, it's like watching your girlfriend cheat on you with peanut butter. It's not fun. It's messy. It doesn't go well. And no matter what you do, you can't feel better. I couldn't even do anything Saturday night because I felt so poorly. So I'm giving myself a red card for not being able to handle a loss, Zach. That's why. I couldn't handle it. I was upset. I wanted to cry. I didn't cry. I might have cried. Let's just keep that between us. Um, but the point is, nonetheless, it was just a really, really poor uh, show of West Ham fandom by myself because we lost the game. I wouldn't talk to anybody after the game. I was just, I was just upset at what had happened, and I could not handle it. So I give myself the red card. So I'm going to definitely uh, make sure that I handle myself better, especially around the Fresno Irons, so that they don't get so upset with me for uh, being such a fan. And that brings us into this. It is time for the end of our show, Zach. It's the part that nobody likes, but everybody uh, kind of can't wait to hear shut up, so I understand. So we're just going to come to an end here. But... Um, it's time for shameless plugs, Zach, so tell me what you got. Well, so first off, I have been hungover at 8, eight at 9 on a Saturday, and it sucks. Thank you, Notre Dame football, for going 4-8 and eight that one year. That one fucking year. That was the worst year of me of my life being a Notre Dame fan. It was even worse than the year that they won 2-10. and 10, And they lost Brady Quinn that year. That was terrible. Oh, my God. The amount of times I would drink a beer at a very long very big and heavy beer at 3.30 for a Notre Dame game and completely lose it by the time they lost it. It's not a fun, it was not a fun weekend. Anyway, shameless plug. Everyone, vote Gabby. Today, well, tomorrow, Thursday, is the last day of the group stage. So everyone, go to my Twitter handle. Go to my Instagram handle. It's at Wikipuff88. Um, and vote for Gabby. She needs all the, vote that she can, all the votes that she can get to be able to go into the next round. Which is probably going to be the wild card round, but she needs votes to help to help her get there. Well, my shameless plug is pretty simple. October nineteenth, four thirty a.m. Come hang out with the most dedicated group in all of California, 
the Fresno Irons. We are the only group that consistently opens for those 4.30 a.m. matches. So, Zach, if you'd love to give me a call, you know, 7 a.m., it'd be 4 a.m. out here, I'd love to talk to you because I'm going to be drinking all night long uh, going up to that game. So that's what I'm going to say. Come hang out with Fresno's Finest at 4.30 a.m. on October 19th as you can see what Fresno is all about. And uh, just so you know, it's not much, but you do have us. Well, if you ever looked at Fresno's flag, it looks like it's a communist commune. So that's not much to say, but you really, Fres the city of Fresno needs to redesign a flag. And if you won't bring this up to city council, I will. I will be like, guys, Parvo, Utah has a better flag than us. And Parvo, Utah is literally just Parvo going up a white piece of paper with a rainbow color under, under, uh, underneath it. It's terrible. It's one of the worst flags in the world. How is... How has Fresno's flag not been discussed in any of the vexillology groups I have been in? To say, when people discuss the world's worst flag, how is it not rated in the top 10 ever? Well, I'm going to make it real simple on you. We were also voted the drunkest city in America. That may have something to do with it when we designed the flag. Just a thought. I uh, highly, everyone in Wisconsin would like, would, would like to challenge you on that. <laughs> Well, nonetheless, thank you for listening to American Hammers Radio. We want to give a huge shout-out to the American Hammers Network for allowing us to be on this. As always, you can let us know how bad we suck, and if you want us to talk about anything, we'd also love to hear from you. So make sure that you like and subscribe to all the social media as American Hammers have to offer. And as always, come on, you iron.